grab your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 3, book of Proverbs and chapter 3. This is where we were going to be tonight, verse number 5 and 6. Proverbs in chapter number 3, some very, very familiar verses. If you were reading your Bible reading calendar that the church has handed out, we just went through this. I believe it was on Monday that we um, read the book chapter 3 in Proverbs. As you just read, um, it, the schedule has you read the proverb that corresponds with the day of the month. So, But a very familiar verses. Many of us even have them in, um, committed to memory. But let's go ahead and read them. Verses 5 and 6 of Proverbs chapter 3. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct Thy paths. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you just for the opportunity to open up your word. We thank you for the simple truths that are in it, Lord, and yet so profound. I just, I just pray that you would speak tonight, Lord, that um, you would um, work in hearts, do what um, none of us can do, Lord. I pray your word would be free to speak. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You just need to trust God. That is a phrase that people use or have heard many, many times. It's a good phrase. It's a true saying. You just need to trust God. And it's, but it's also a phrase that people use many times when they are talking to you and something in your life isn't going the way you would like it to. Your, some plans in your life or you're looking at and saying, I don't know what to do. And if they don't have anything else to say, the end of the thing, well, you just need to trust God. You just need to trust God. A serious health situation, there's something and you're saying, the doctors even don't know what to do. Um, it may be with you, maybe with a family member, and you're looking at it and say, how, how is God going to work out this situation? And someone says, I don't know, but you just need to trust God. That's a true statement. You do just need to trust God. That coworker or that family member or neighbor who just drives you up a wall. And you're saying, what am, and you're thinking about this and you're saying, how am I going to deal with this person? How am I going to be able to maintain the spirit that God wants me to maintain? How, how do I even talk to this person? How do I even walk past this person and not completely lose it? And you're talking about with someone, they say, brother, you just need to trust God. How many have ever been in a situation where somebody said something like that? Or you are looking at um, a situation in your life where you desperately need God's leadership. Or you're saying, God, I, I want you to show yourself and show me what you want me to do in this area. Uh, what, whatever that situation is. And you, someone says, just trust God. It will all work out in the end. And in each of these situations, you do need to trust God. In each of these situations, the answer is trusting God. But at times, just that phrase, someone telling you, brother, sister, you just need to trust God. And you look up and say, I know that, but somehow it just doesn't seem to work right now. Somehow it seems, to, those words seem to ring a little hollow. 
right now. Is any, if, has anybody else ever been there where someone says, you just need to trust God? And they say, okay, I, I understand that, but it's just not making sense in my life in this situation right now. I'm looking at it and saying, I know I need to trust God, but what about now? Someone saying, patting you on the back and just saying, trust God. At times, I don't know. It, in, in my life, I look at it and say, sometimes that can just sound a little like a cliché. Sound like someone's just saying, well, I don't know what to do, so this is the, what I know I should say. Has anyone else been, if you've been there, nod your head up and down. If you're looking at me like I'm crazy, if I'm not making any sense, you can keep looking at me like I'm crazy. And we'll, we'll, we'll make it work. Um, we'll go through it till, we, uh, till everyone's together. But you say, why should I trust God in this situation? It doesn't seem like God is doing anything. It doesn't seem like this situation is coming to an end, it doesn't seem like this neighbor who is causing annoying racket when I'm trying to go to sleep and has their music way up. How is trusting God going to help me deal with this situation? When I really, what I really want to do is take my ball bat over there and bash their stereo system. There's, has anybody else ever been there? Or the people out front are smoking marijuana and it's wafting into your windows and you're like, how do I deal with this situation right now? And someone will say, you just need to trust God. But why should you trust God? The book of Proverbs was Solomon, the world's wisest man. Also the world's wisest fool. As in, he knew everything. And that's, that isn't part of the message, but at the beginning... The book of Proverbs was written when Solomon was still a young man, when he was still serving God. He had built the temple and offered thousands of sacrifices. His life was dedicated to God. And he had a young son by the name of Rehoboam. And the book of Proverbs was what Solomon, as the world's wisest king who has ever lived, wrote to his son from a father to a son and is trying to teach his son, this is how you need to be, if, if you're going to live life, this is what you need. This is the wisdom. You, if you're going to be skilled in, in living life, there, we deal with a lot of people today that walk up and down the streets that have no idea about what life is really about. And Solomon did not want his son there. He didn't want his son just wandering through life saying, well, what, what is to be will be, what ain't to be just might happen. That isn't what he's telling his son. He's saying, listen, you need to be able to know where you're going. You need to be able to avoid some pitfalls. And is giving his son um, commands and warnings and giving him cautions and saying, listen, these are things you need to avoid. These are things you need to dedicate yourself to. And he's trying to give his son the skill that he needs to live life. The the desire and the wisdom and the understanding to do what is right. And so he's going through and he's commanding his son and he's teaching them. At the beginning of chapter 3 he says, My son, forget not my law. That's something he says over and over again. Don't, don't just let what I'm teaching you pass over your head. Don't say, oh, dad's an old fuddy-duddy. I'm listening, but I'm not hearing what it, I'm hearing it, but I'm not taking in what you're saying. He said, listen, son, you need to pay attention. What I'm teaching you is good for life. If you are going to in, be able to enjoy life, if you're going to be what God wants you to be, these are the things that are going to need to happen in your life. 
And so he's teaching him. He's instructing his son. And then he comes to where it's recorded in verse 5 where he commands his son and says, Listen, you need to fully trust and follow God. He commands his son, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now, the word trust, we're just going to go through. We're going to break it down a little bit. Try to put it back together. Okay? You look up the word trust the way that word trust is used in the Bible. The Bible is the, word, is the Bible's best commentary. So, you know, I go on my program and I click on the word and it shows me where else it is all used in the Bible. You know what the word trust is also used in a negative sense. In the major prophets, when God was sending Jeremiah and Isaiah to the children of Israel and saying, you're not right with God. He says, you're not trusting in God. You're trusting in your walls. You're trusting in your mighty men. You're trusting in your wisdom. In the book of Jeremiah where it talks about, let him that glory not in your wisdom, glory not. Let him that glorieth glory in the Lord. See, what Israel had done at that time, they were putting their confidence, they were putting their, their idea, say, we're strong. Well, why are you strong? Well, we have great walls. We have mighty men of valor. We have big, we have good soldiers. We have special forces. Their trust was in what they had. Solomon's using that same word here, though much before that. He's telling his son, where you need to get your confidence from, where you need to place when you say, this is what I am relying on, where you need to, what makes you get, um, be able to face the adversities of life, is the Lord. You need to take the trust, your trust, and place it in the Lord. You don't need to be trustworthy that Solomon is your dad and you have the smartest dad in the world. You don't need to be trusting that you're the king and everybody's going to listen to you because you're the monarch. You have the great, um, you can have, you have ultimate power over the kingdom. That's not where your, your, your trust should not be in your army. Solomon is commanding his son here saying, listen, what you need to do is put your confidence in, put your, seek your strength in the Lord. Well, why? Solomon knew this. Rehoboam would have been taught this growing up in the temple and the worship of the Lord. That God is the only object that can be trusted completely. People fail. You and I fail. You can't put your trust in and saying, you know what? I'm just going to be the best Christian that I can possibly be. I'm going to, I, why are you such a great Christian? Cause I, cause I'm a good person. That's placing your trust in the wrong source. We all fail. You, people around you fail. You fail. The mind in our bodies, you can say, well, I'm really strong or I'm really smart. Eventually, your mind's going to go. Eventually, your body, your joints, your uh, muscles are not going to work the way they used to, however many years ago. But God is always God. God who is from before creation till after creation from the whole time. There is never a time where God has been any less than who He is. He is perfect. He cannot change. 
and the junior church were going, um, we're doing a little bit of the um, same theme that we're doing up here with get with um, getting to know God. And so, I, as I was talking with my dad about what we would do, we've been doing a series on the attributes of God, who God is. The um, omnipresence of God. Those are some big words for some little kids. But we're trying to break it down some and say, listen, God is God. He doesn't change. God is loving. God is, but God is also just. He must judge your sin. And just about who God is and how he is not changing. And that's why Solomon is telling his son, listen, trust in God. Trust in the Lord. Then he says, with all thine heart. Okay, is is Solomon here talking about the muscle that Brother um, Ungry went through, about all how much blood it pumps and the, the power? No, no, he's not talking about the muscle. The word heart also, as we use it today, has the idea of your innermost being, your thoughts, your intents, what you are as a person, your dreams, your desires, your beliefs. He's saying, trust in God. Put your confidence in God with all your heart. Don't leave anything out. There's The word all simply means all. When the Bible talks about, for whosoever for, shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, all can be saved. The Bible talks about that constantly. And we, we preach that and we're so happy about that. But you know what the Bible also says? That we are to trust in the Lord. With all our heart. That means there's nothing left out. Our entire who we are as a person. And Solomon's talking to his son. And he's commanding them. And he's telling him also, and then we go down to verse number 6, and it says, In all thy ways, acknowledge him, alright? In all your ways, alright? Well, let's look at the word way. You know what? It means every area of life. He says, with all your heart, with who you are, and with everything that you do. With all of your heart, and with all of your ways. With who, everything you are as a person, and with everything you do as a person. You are to be trusting in God. With everything you do is to be acknowledging God. Okay? Does that mean I'm simply saying, yep, as I live through my life, God's up there. I've, I've acknowledged God. No. The word there, knowledge, also has this idea of fellowship with God. As everything that we do in our life, we should do in such a way that we can still maintain our fellowship with God as we're doing it. You know what? If we are living in sin, we are cutting ourselves off from the fellowship of God. We cannot have the relationship with God that we should if we are living in sin. And he's saying... In all your ways, acknowledge God. So if you can't acknowledge God in that way, then maybe you shouldn't be doing that. In all your ways, realize who God is. As I was studying, I came across this. It's a little bit of a quote. I don't usually quote men when I'm preaching, but this is, it says, the commitment of the heart to God means that all the beliefs and decisions of life are submitted to Yahweh or to the Lord. Even very practical decisions are in view here and not just matters of academic pursuit. It's not saying, he's saying, not just matters of the mind. We think about this trust in the Lord with your mind. He's saying, even in very practical matters, 
Also, understanding implies not just intellectual capacity, but one's own moral standards. One's private vision of right and wrong must be submitted to God. That's good. That's what he's... Um, what Solomon is telling his son, every area of life, even what you view as right and wrong, needs to be in the, put in the realm of who God is. God is the one who makes the decision on what's right and wrong. When you're trusting in the Lord, you are making Him your strength. You're making Him your confidence. You are placing your trust in Him. He is the one who is going to do the thing. Do it. Do what you need him to do. So he says, so Rehoboam might say, well, I'm totally submitted to the ways of God. Well, what will happen? In the end of verse number six, it says, and he will direct thy paths. Direct. All right. We're just breaking it down. We're going to put it back together. It says it direct has the idea of make straight or make smooth. But also the idea of this is water flowing in an aqueduct is where the, orig- is where the um, idea of the word came from. The Hebrew word that is used for direct there. So that's flowing straight, just like the New York City water system. How far away are the reservoirs that New York City gets our water from? Well, one of the reservoirs is actually up by where, the, where Brother Hiram Davis is. That's a long ways away. And yet, that water flows straight. That water flows pure all the way down here to New York City. You know what? That's what God wants to do with your life. God wants to put it into His will and He wants to guide it straight and pure right to where He wants you to be. God wants to direct your life. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be obstacles along the way. It does not mean that you're not going to face trials. In fact, the Bible um, talks about in the book of James. We just read that in our Bible reading a little bit. Talk, talking about count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. And you're looking at it and say, oh boy, it is hard to be joyful when, when, when trials and when temptations come along. But we are commanded to. So we know that when the Bible's talking about God directing our paths and God leading us, it isn't the absence of trials and the absence of struggles, but is rather instead God's presence and God's direction through those struggles. In fact, keeping us from the ones that we bring on ourselves Half of the, probably over half of the trials and the struggles that we go through, through our own foolish decisions, we bring on ourselves. But there's other trials that God desires to bring us through. Why? Because it'll refine us. It'll make us more of who He wants us to be. And as we allow God to direct our paths, your course of life, your course of your life, where your life is going, what your actions look like. If we allow God to direct that, He is going to move that exactly where He wants it to be. We all would say, I believe, I want God's leadership in my life. I would like to see my life look like a conduit where God is mapping it out and my life is going exactly where God wants it to go. I want God to use my life. I, but we all tend to find ourselves at the end 
of verse number 5, where Solomon says, And lean not unto thine own understanding. You know why Solomon was telling his son, And lean not unto your own understanding? Because that's what we all do. We all tend to lean on our own understanding. Why? Because who knows the situation we are in like we do? Who knows what we are dealing with this person like we... It's true. You're the one who's dealing with that situation. Someone else who comes up and pats you on the back and says, you just need to trust in the Lord. You say, well, you're not in the situation that I'm in. You're not dealing with those people that I'm dealing with. Well, what's the word lean? Does that just mean I'm leaning over as an angle? I'm leaning against the pulpit? No, here's the idea of the word lean. Getting support from. Something that's leaning, like someone would lean on a crutch so they can have the support they need to walk. You know what we all do? We know we need to trust God. We know that God is the one that has the answer. But we have our understanding. We have that little two and a half pounds of gray matter up here. And we tend to lean on that and say, well, I know what this situation is about. But our own understanding is so limited, it cannot but let us down. As if we go into the trials of life leaning on our own understanding, we will come up short. We will come up to the point where I don't know what to do. We will get frustrated. We will come to the end of ourselves because God didn't design us to lean on our own understandings. Even if we are the smartest person in the room, even if we do have great, um, you know, we've studied, we, we know what to do in, in this situation. I have great people skills. I can talk or whatever you want to plug in there. We are not to be leaning on our own understanding. Solomon is telling his son, there's a danger there. There's a danger in leaning on your own understanding. Don't fall into that trap. Yet this is where we struggle the hardest. We struggle to let go of what we can see and trust God. Why is that such a constant battle? It's easy to say, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. It's a whole nother matter to not lean unto our own understanding. But let me tell you something. If we're leaning unto our own understanding, we're not trusting in the Lord. If we're, if we're using our thinking, our, what we see in this situation, if we are getting support from that, rather than putting our entire confidence in who God is, we will come up short every time. But why is this such a constant battle? I want to challenge you, it's because we think our way is better. We think what we see is a better way than what God has. You say, whoa, Brother Andrew, that's stiff. That's, that's harsh. When we were at the um, men's meeting up in Canada, Brother Gaddis said this, and if you were up there, you'll remember this. 
He said this the first night. He said, we do what we do because we want what we want. We want what we want because we believe what we believe. We do what we do because we want what we want. We want what we want because we believe what we believe. So if the doing is not matching up, it is because we have a belief problem. It's because our desires are not where they're supposed to be. We're doing something because our desires are there. Well, why are our desires there? Because of what we believe. So if our life is not trusting in the Lord with all of our hearts, it's because we want something that we feel that we cannot get if we trust completely in God. It's a belief issue. Why do we struggle so much? We struggle with fully trusting and following God Because we don't truly believe in God, completely believe in God's plans. We don't necessarily believe that God's plans, God's ways are always best. We'll sit in church and we'll say, yes, I agree with that. I agree that God is God and He always knows best. But in my situation, I'm looking at this and saying, I don't see how this works out with what God has. You see, you and I must submit our hearts completely to God. Because God's way is always best. That's why Solomon was commanding his son. And he was warning about the pitfalls that would be, excuse me, that would be in the road and down the future. He's saying, listen, you can trust God. You must trust God. You must trust God with all your heart. Because God's way is always best. You, you can lean on your own understanding, but it will bring you nothing but misery. It will bring you nothing but heartache. But when you truly trust and you truly follow God with all your heart, God's way is always best. You can trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not onto your own understanding. In all your ways, you can acknowledge Him and you will find that He will direct your paths and He will direct your paths better. Look at verse number 7. It says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Isn't that what we're talking about? Leaning on your own understanding. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. What will happen? It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Verse number 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the firstfruits of all thy increase. Do what God is. Trust in the Lord. Honor God. Follow God. Give Him what is, what is His due. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy precious shall burst out with new wine. Talking about the provision that only God can give. He's telling His son, you need to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Follow Him. Don't follow, lean on your own understanding. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Because the true blessings of life come from God anyways. You read all through the book of Proverbs, all through the Bible, really, you find that the true blessings of life, what people are saying, I just want a good life. I just want happiness in life. I just want to have a fulfilled life. 
That comes only from God. God is the only one who can give that. So simply, you and I, if we are going to truly trust in the Lord the way we need to, we have to believe that God's way is best. If we are going to see our lives fall in the obedience the way that it should, if we want to see our lives trusting completely in God, we have to believe that God's way is best. Because we do what we do. Because we want what we want. Because we believe what we believe. So if we are not trusting in the Lord the way we should, it's because we do not believe that God's way is necessarily best. We don't, in that specific area, well, I know God can provide my finances, but whatever situation. I knew a guy at school. He, um, he was in my class, and he was kind of a crazy guy. He drove a Camaro. He loved racing. Well, I found out that he had grown up racing. He had grown up from youngest age. He is, his dad had um, would race, you know, drag race and do um, dirt track races and et cetera. And he taught him how to race from a young age. He would race go karts and then go up to the forty mile an hour go karts. And then eventually he did some dirt racing of his own. And we were in preaching class, and he used this illustration. He talked about how he was first learning to race, and he was in one of those forty mile an hour go karts. I've been in one of those. They're fun. You're, you're, and you, but you hit those corners on that smooth concrete and you're slammed on the gas. And what does that, what does that car wants to do? It wants to get loose and it wants to fishtail and wants to spin around. And before you know it, you're doing, you're facing the opposite direction if you're, if you don't know what you're doing. I really didn't know what I was doing when I was driving it, but I learned a little bit quicker. But he, this, this guy was good. And it, but his dad was very experienced. And this is as he was learning how to race. He was learning how to control the car at even the comparatively low speeds of 40 miles an hour on a go-kart. And he would drive up to that corner and he would feel himself start, he would feel the cart start to fishtail. So he'd step on the brake. And if you know anything about driving, when he stepped on the brake, what did that ensure? He spun out. He stepped on the brake he at least stop, lose all of his momentum, and start again before, once he hit that corner. And he says, Dad, he comes to his dad and says, Dad, I just keep spinning out. And his dad was watching him. He's like, listen, you have to step on the gas. When you hit that corner, you don't, everything in you is saying, step on the brake, step on the gas. And this, as, as this young man was preaching, he said, I didn't step, I was like, my dad doesn't know what he's talking about, and I just kept stepping on the brake because that was the only thing that made sense. And his dad, his, he came up to his dad, and his dad told him, have you stepped on the gas? No. I've got nothing to say to you. Until you step on the gas, we're not talking again. And so this went on for months. And finally he said, I don't care what is going on, I'm going to prove my dad wrong. I am going to step on the gas when I feel that car get loose. So here it came around the corner. It started to come up and started to fishtail. He stepped on the gas all the way to the floor. 
the cart straightened out and kept right on going. You know what he was doing? He was leaning on his own understanding, wasn't he? Even though his father was the experienced driver, knew far more about racing than he could possibly know at his young age. He was leaning on his own understanding. Instead of trusting completely in him. And he was doing what he was doing because he believed his father was wrong. He believed that his father didn't know enough about the situation that he was in. Can I tell you, you need to believe that God's way is always best. That God always knows the best way. That God's, what the Word of God says in your life is always the best way to handle the situation. So what areas in your life are you trusting and leaning on your own understanding. You know, we struggle with fully trusting and following God because we truly don't believe God's plans and God's ways are best. Why do we lose it when we're driving and somebody just completely cuts us off? Because you and I believe, because I've done it too, That venting our frustrations is the best way to handle that situation. To let that person know. Now, there's a thing with driving safely. You have to blow the horn sometimes to let them know that they're about to cause an accident. That's not what we're talking about. But we're talking about where you are in in the flesh, we would say. And your spirit is not godly because of what this person has done to you. Why do we vent like that? Because we believe... That that's going to bring the most satisfaction from that event. Why do, we, why do you and I, especially me, struggle so much with dealing with other people? With dealing with the situations that life brings. Number one, there's always going to be that person. No matter what situation, no matter if you move, whatever, there's always going to be that person, co-worker, family member, who's doing wrong, and you know it, and is driving you nuts. And in your understanding, if we lean on our own understanding, we want to go and explain to them how they are doing, and what they are doing is wrong. And it is wrong. But you know, God has certain ways that it should be dealt with. And you know what? God might be put that person in your life, not so you can help that person, but as you live and trust in God and say, I'm going to let God deal with this situation, and you allow God's grace to be evident in your life, there may be someone else who is watching you deal with that situation, who that's the person God is really trying to work on. But if you and I are leaning on our own understanding with what we can see in front of us, we may miss what God is trying to do over here. What we have no clue is going on. So if you're not doing what God has told you to do, if your life isn't matching up, it's because we don't believe what we really should believe. You know that Moses in the wilderness where he smote the rock twice instead of speaking to the rock? You know what God, when God came and spoke to Moses and said, you're not entering into the promised land, 
you know what God told Moses? It wasn't, you lost your temper and had a fit. You're not going into the promised land. He said, God told Moses, because you didn't believe me, to sanctify me before the people. The disobedience of Moses was that he didn't believe God. He didn't believe that God was going to work in that way. If you and I truly believe that God's way, His plans, His word is the best, it will be much easier to trust Him. It will be much easier to trust Him with all of our hearts and follow His direction. When we truly allow God to show us, listen, God's way is always best. We say it. But do we believe it? You know what? God's way is best. So if God's way is best, if what God has said in His Word is the best way that we can handle that situation, you know what I need to do? I just need to trust God. I just need to trust God with all my heart. I need to put my complete confidence in who God is. If you're struggling with the authority God has placed in your life, it's because you're struggling with believing God's way of submission is best. If you're struggling with dealing with other people, if you're struggling with seeing the fruit of God in your life and you're saying, I want to see all this. Yes, we want to. We all say we want God's leadership in our lives. We want our lives to be directed by God. That's at the end of these verses. It says, He shall direct thy paths. We go to trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean out unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. Amen. That's the truth. When we trust in the Lord and when we follow Him, God is able... We, what we are doing when we trust in the Lord, when we acknowledge Him in all of our ways, is we are placing the leadership we are placing the direction of our life in His hands. And, and that is why He's able to direct us. Because we are, take, we are not leaning onto our own understanding. We're taking all of it, all of who we are, all of our heart, all of our ways, and we're giving it to God. And God is able to direct our paths. But the issue comes, the crunch time comes... And here's the question. Do you believe God's way is best? Yes, yes, God's way is best. But are, are you leaning onto your own understanding? If you're leaning on your own understanding, it's because you don't believe God's way is best. Are you struggling with trusting God? It's a belief problem. You and I don't believe so many times that God really knows what He's talking about. It's true. In my life, why do we struggle with sin? Because we believe that holds something that God can't give us. When we trust in the Lord with all our hearts, once we really believe, once we believe that God's way is truly best, and that's what our heart is directed on. God's way is always best. God's way is always best. 
That's what the Bible says. That's the truth. Because God is God. It's not true of anyone else, but it's true of God. Because He is God. That God's way is always best. Once we believe that, it will be so much easier to trust God with all our hearts. You know why? Because we know. You know, I can trust God because everything that God does is perfect. Everything that God does is exactly what needs to happen if I just trust Him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come before you and I just pray that your word...